<laughs> so 700 billion people, you will have changed the world and you will no longer have a job. Warning, this podcast contains topics and discussion that is not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the E&M Talk podcast with Michael and Ellie, where we discuss everything ethical non-monogamy and have intimate conversations with real people from the E&M lifestyle. On this podcast, we'll talk about current events and topics that people who practice ethical non-monogamy can relate to. Our show is not about lifestyle gossip. In fact, the names have been changed to protect the not-so-innocent. Would you like to be a guest on our show? We want to hear your story. All right, here we go. Yay! I am super excited about our guest today. Mm-hmm, we have another sure. we have another dual cast episode. <laughs> <laughs> super super excited for that. The first one turned out really really amazing it and was great. uh we have another really great guest for you for you all today. Uh but first I want to talk about a little bit about what we're doing. Um one of the things that we can do with the dual cast is that we get to talk to uh, different guests and right. different uh, like relationship coaches and things like that. For sure. And so that lets us talk about some really pertinent topics to our uh, E&M right. community. And man, I don't think you can possibly talk about this topic enough. No, never. Uh, one of the biggest survival skills of the E&M lifestyle, the non-monogamous lifestyle, polyamory, all of the above Any of it. Uh, is how to deal with jealousy. Right. And it can really be a serious tripping point. Yes, it can. And so there I know is it's just me not, up on many occasions. There is just, <laughs> there's just not enough resources out there for people to be able to take advantage of. And so I am super excited about today's guest. Me too. Today's guest is a certified life coach who specializes in helping people deal with jealousy and getting their lives back on track. Please welcome Martina Booth to the show. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing great. (laughs) It's good to talk to (laughs) you you? again. Yes. And you can hear us okay? Yes, I can. Everything's perfect. perfect. Great. (laughs) Great. So we're really excited to talk about your coaching practice and, and uh, you know, how you help people with jealousy and all that sort of thing. But first, we want to talk about you. All right. Uh, tell us what your, um, what your, how you would describe yourself in non-monogamy. What is your style of non-monogamy? Yeah, so um, right now, as I'm married, I've been uh, with my husband for three years, and we've been pretty much non-monogamous from the beginning right and like I, I wouldn't say that we're like active non-monogamous like actively non-monogamous like we're not out there dating all the time but it's basically clear that 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 wouldn't be an issue and I mean things we have done things and things have happened but it's not like we are actively dating all the time mm-hmm. um yeah so but when people ask me then I say we're non-monogamous or we're in an open relationship that's what I usually say yeah 
would you say that when you do date, you do date together or do you date separately? Totally separately. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, polyamorous ways? It's okay. Like it would be okay if it did. And I mean, for me, for example, personally, I'm not interested in having only sexual relationships with people. So if I, if I meet someone and I, I really want to like, if I like them and I'm like, I will always be a little bit yeah. like, infatuated with them. or like, you know, a little bit smitten always. And, um, but it's never been like, um, a, like, we, like a real relationship developed, like a parallel relationship. But we also know that if that should happen, then that would be okay. So we're really completely open to everything and um, flexible. Maybe it'll change in the future. So, right. Yeah. Well, speaking of change in the future, from your <laughs> accent, you're not originally from the United States. No. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, I'm actually I'm from Germany, uh-huh. and um, I met my husband when he was uh, stationed in Germany. He was in the army. Okay. And yeah, so that's how I ended up here. Now I'm in Los Angeles. And okay. I'm very happy. <laughs> right. On. Well, welcome yeah. to the United States. For Thank sure. you. <laughs> and sunny California. Yes, uh, I, I, I'm so glad. <laughs> so, and you said that you and your husband have been non-monogamous pretty much from the beginning, mm-hmm. right? Um, did you meet in a non-monogamous kind of a in kind of a way, or did that something you just started as soon as you started? dating yeah it's so funny because I don't even really remember how it started like we did not at all meet in a non-monogamous um setting we met we actually met on tinder we're one of those <laughs> tinder success stories yay yay, yay it happens they're, they're not just hooking up <laughs> no we aren't <laughs> no so we yeah so we got we, we met on tinder and we were both not officially saying hey I'm non-monogamous and both of us had never really been in non-monogamous relationships before mm-hmm. um I had one that well was non-monogamous for a moment but yeah that I don't really count that so it was more <laughs> like I, I talked to him yesterday to like think of okay well, how did this really start and I don't remember but apparently it started with him making a joke about um him like hooking up with a, a stewardess, I think he said. And um, I must have said something like, um, yeah, well, but if you wanted to do that, that would be totally okay with me or something like that. And that's how the conversation started going. And then we realized that we're both actually totally um, open to that, that we're both, um, yeah. That, that wasn't going to be a thing for you guys. If that, if you wanted it to happen it yeah. could and, and it wasn't going to be an issue. Yeah. I, I also remember he said some once um, really at the, at the beginning, he was like, yeah, if you cheated on me, I would ask you how it was. That was the first hint, I think. <laughs> and Who does that sound like? You. <laughs> oh, he really? always likes all the details. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but really, and I didn't, at this time, I did, I thought he was totally kidding like I had no idea that he was being serious because my my relationship past has been very much dealing with jealous partners mm-hmm. not always but I have had a couple of them and I really struggled trying to um, fulfill everything to, to like respect the rules and not do anything um, that's also part of why I got into this whole jealousy topic but yeah, so I didn't know that he was being serious. <laughs> so, you're, so you're pulling from a lot of life experiences then? Yeah, I mean, the reason why I became a relationship coach is because I have, I've, I have so many relationship experiences that I can, that I can think of that, that like were, 
representative for one problem for the next problem i don't know so i really i really have a lot to tell lot, um, yeah. but be, yeah but because of that i was also super interested in relationships always and i was like listening to podcasts and reading books and whatever i could find any source of information and that's how i i really started to become like yeah i, I kind of like an expert on the topic that i'm like okay I, there's nothing that i haven't heard before mm-hmm. right or yeah. that you haven't dealt with yourself. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about boundaries. I mean, you kind of coasted into the whole thing. Like it, it you, you didn't really have like a, like a lot of couples have an official, Hey, let's do this. I mean, did you, did you guys have a point where you discussed and negotiated any kind of boundaries or anything like that? Interestingly, we didn't at all. Yeah. And I know, I remember that for me at the beginning, it was, I was worried that he would fall in love with someone else and like them better than me. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. yeah, I did. I did have that fear. And don't but, we all though? Yeah, I know. And it's it's also a big a big issue for like a, a, or a big part of why people are jealous, right? Right. But as we as our relationship, like as we like that was really at the beginning, right? And then I started feeling, and this is also part of my work, is this this. Uh, term connection that I like to use mm-hmm. it's really like I felt how the connection built and how I felt so strongly connected with him that I there was like the idea that he could not want to be with me or I could not want to be with him became so absurd mm-hmm. that um, I gradually lost that fear because I realized even if he did fall in love with someone else what we have is special it's 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 so important to both of us and I'm 100% sure there's like I have no doubt that that's the same for him and so now I'm not scared of that. Right. I would say it's not my preference. It wouldn't be my preference if he really started like building a long-term parallel relationship. Right. But if, if it happened, we would, we would figure it out. It would, be the, right. it would just be the next yeah. hurdle you'd have to, to get over. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Aw, oh, damn it. What's wrong? I just caught a 30-day ban on Facebook for a photo I posted a couple of weeks ago. Wasn't even that sexy. Why aren't you using SAF Social? You know they allow all kinds of content there. I know, I know. I just forget sometimes. You really should join the Frisky Friends group on SAF. We have frequent photo challenges and encourage our members to get involved. I'm sure they would love to see your sexy photos there. The sexier, the better. And you won't be compromising your Facebook account. I know. You're right. And it looks like I won't be doing anything on Facebook for the next month anyways. Would you tell all my friends to go find me on SAFsocial.com? Tell them I'm going to post some extra sexy pictures to entice them even more. Mm, you bet. Maybe that'll get them to join and save them from getting zucked, too. <laughs> so let's talk about what you do. Let's talk about your practice. Um what made you decide that you wanted to be a life coach? I mean, I think you talked about that a little bit. What, mm-hmm. what, what was, where was that light bulb when you, you tell us about that, where you're like, Hey, I should actually do this. 
I love that question because I really have a story about that. Um, I mean, it's not a it's not a special story, but I mean, it's like I, I I'm from a different field, right? I'm a, I'm actually an agricultural scientist, okay. and I've been in a job that I didn't like for a long time. Uh-huh. Um, but at the same time, I was always, as I said, I was super interested in relationships, and I loved talking to people about relationships, and I loved talking to people also about sex. And mm-hmm. um, at the same time, I was super interested in psychology and like why do people that why do they do the things they do how how do how do the how does the brain work all these things so I was Mm -hmm. interested in both of these things separately and I was also listening to podcasts as I said and reading books and stuff on both topics and eventually I came across um, a German relationship coach that I really really love and admire and her name is Melanie Mittermeier <laughs> if okay. anyone wants to look her up let me know like let me know and then I'm gonna tell you how to spell it and everything but um <laughs> yeah she's um she her her focus is on infidelity so she even calls herself an affair manager so she she works with, mon- with monogamous people mostly yeah but she has and she works with them on um yeah on overcoming infidelity and she has this approach that actually maybe monogamy is, you know, not really doable or, you know, she's questioning that a lot in her podcast also in everything. And I really resonated with her. I was like, that, that is awesome. And I just, I just, I listened to her podcast like for one or two years, binge listened every day. (laughs) And um, yeah. And eventually I was like, that's what I want to do. I had this moment on a new year's Eve, where I was like, what am, what am I doing with my life? This I'm doing, I have a job that I don't like. This is going nowhere. I have to do something about it. And then what I did is I sent her an email and I was like, so I love what you do. <laughs> I want to do the same thing, but I also need some training in like, I need to know how to coach people. I know I have the information, but I, like the, the, the theory, right. Mm-hmm. But I need to know, how to really have a coaching conversation and what do you recommend like how would you think what do you think i should do to to know how to do that and then she recommended um that um the life coach school which is the school that i ended up going to um she she said if she had to if she was gonna do any any training again she was gonna do that Mm. and then i signed up for it and it was really expensive and I spent all my savings on it and (laughs) (laughs) but worth it though yes absolutely because look what you're doing now. I mean, you're you're doing good in the world and you have a job that's much more fulfilling than being an agricultural scientist. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, to me, to me at least, I mean, right? <laughs> nothing against agricultural scientists. Of course. <laughs> but yeah, it's not what I want to do now. So how long have you been working as a life coach? Um, I've actually, like about a year. Okay. Yeah, so that still, I really, yeah. You're still getting your wheels turning and getting your feet under you and all that? Yeah, that yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, so the the everything is has been built before. Like the foundation has been built years right. ago, right? Right. But now that I'm really working as a coach is um, like about it, since about a year that I went yes. through training and I really um, I, I really learned how to coach. Right, and got got the focus going for yourself. Yeah, I'm sitting, yeah. I'm sitting here asking all the questions. Did you have any questions for her before I? <laughs> no, I'm I'm listening and nodding. <laughs> yes, that's a good question. <laughs> She's waiting to get to the jealousy part. She's yeah. like, I want to know all the secrets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so, 
for someone who's never been to a coaching session before, never uh, actually liked work with a light relationship coach before, what does that look like? What, what, what would make a person want to go see you as a relationship coach? Yeah, so ideally, they would want to see me when they realize that they have something that some some issue that they can't figure out that that keeps coming up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, often people end up coming to see me when the problem is already really, really bad and the relationship is about to end. Mm -hmm. um, but why you would want to do that is because I would help you solve a problem that you are probably never going to solve because you're looking in the wrong place for the solution. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, uh, I didn't want to interrupt you. No, I mean, the thing is that most, most of the time, especially in relationships, when we have, when we have a, a problem or there's like something that's not working, uh -huh. the actual problem is not what we think it is. And that lead, and that's why we don't look for the solution in the right place. And then the problem just stays there forever. And I have, I mean, I mean, I could give an example. Um, I thought of an example that um, is actually not not really a typical non-monogamy example, but it's like when somebody is jealous, let's say, because okay. their partner is um, texting with some other person that they're they're not supposed to be texting. With. <laughs> um, yeah. So then the person thinks the problem is that their partner is texting with that other person, right? Uh -huh. And they think the solution is that their partner will stop doing that, and then okay. the problem will be solved. But that's not the actual problem. What makes it a problem that it's just the behavior that the the, the partner is doing, the texting. Mm -hmm. What makes it into a problem is the meaning that the person gives to that, the person observing. Okay. And that is often very unconscious. Like we're often not not aware of all the things that we're telling ourselves all the time. So so like I'm over here texting mm -hmm. and it's the meaning that she's giving why I'm texting. Yeah. That's why it's a problem for her. Okay. Because of what she's thinking about it. And she may not even be aware of what she's thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Right. She just has all these feelings and she thinks, Oh my God, what's happening. This is terrible. And then um, maybe she gets that feels the need to control something or to yell or to like, you know, be passive aggressive, whatever people have all sorts of all ways, sorts of ways. <laughs> dealing with I that. I probably um, expressed all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're not alone with that. And then there's a fight, there's this connection. I don't know. It might actually to lead to the, to the partner was texting, doing that even more. And because they're now like annoyed and whatever. So there's like right. a huge, a huge issue. And it right? becomes a cycle. Yes. And it becomes this huge thing. And, but the reason why the person, the jealous person was jealous in the first place is actually because of, because of them, because of their thinking, because of, because of their programming. And I know everyone always says jealousy is insecurity. Um, partly true, I would say. It, that's a part of what, what right. makes people be jealous is that they, they have some insecurity that maybe they think they're not good enough, they're not lo lovable enough, they're not hot enough, they're not beautiful enough, whatever. Mm -hmm. But that's not the whole story. I mean, there's also, for example, past experiences that this person may have had maybe in previous relationships. If you're going back to like the, the monogamous um, people, it would just easier to explain for me. Um, mm -hmm. Then maybe in the past, they had a relationship and somebody cheated on them and they broke up with them. Right. And now they're in the next relationship and now they're projecting and every and that they, they have like they're, 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 they're these trigger situ situations that right. remind them of what happened before. 
right, and that right. what happened before they in their in their head is that was painful right so they want to avoid it right so that's what triggers them and it, so it could, so this is also something that um that influences but it doesn't even have to be that it could even it could just be something that you observed as a child when you, right. you saw your parents and and it's something it doesn't even have to be the same type of situation but it can in but the way that the meaning that you gave to it when you were in that situation will then subconsciously play out the whole time right and you just sort of continue to give that meaning to similar situations yeah. regardless of whether that's the actual situation that's going yeah. on yeah yeah so what are so what are some strategies and how to break those kind of things down? I mean, I I know that just the situation that you have described uh, about our partners uh, texting on their phones or seeing them texting on their phones or seeing them give more time or more attention. I mean, I'm the king of giving more time and attention to my new. Whenever somebody new, the new shiny comes into my life, <laughs> I, I get myself in trouble with that because I'm, you know, doing a lot of texting and doing a lot of talking with them, and it, it is a it is a real thing where my other partners will will get jealous over that or they'll feel insecure, like maybe this is the person that's gonna come steal their thunder or steal their fire. So how do you? How do you work through that? How do you get get somebody? How do you help somebody get past that? I mean, without giving away all of your trade yeah. secrets, you know <laughs> what I mean? How how would you tell somebody, hey, try this maybe before you come talk to me? You know, something like that. Yeah. Um, what would I say that they should try? Okay, so let's start. <laughs> what I would do with them. Um, the first thing for me is to for them to realize two things. First, what is it that that they, what is their story that they're telling themselves mm -hmm. about the behavior that they're observing and what, why is it bothering them so much so that they understand themselves better. Okay. And then the other thing is, and that's what nobody wants to hear, but you have no control over another person, period. And if you start trying to control that, it's not going to, it's not going to end well because right. you cannot control any, anyone else. You can right. put boundaries and rules, but in the end they can do whatever they want and Maybe they will follow what like your instructions or they will do what you want them to do for a while. Right. But eventually, I would say this is in most cases going to blow, blow up eventually or they're just going to do it secretly. Or um, even if they did follow everything and actually in, in my in, in coaching, we call this the manual. If they follow your manual that you have for them. Right. I mean, is that really what you want for a person that you love? Well, because right. it breeds resentment. Right, exactly. I mean, it, it's really, it's just not anything that you want to do for so many reasons. I have a saying, it's like, it's like trying to hold jello in your hand. And the tighter you squeeze it, the more it slips through your fingers. Like there's just, yeah. you just, it's just yeah. not a thing that you can, that hold you can grab a hold of tightly and hold on to it. But if you take jello and you cup it in your hands, then you can hold it indefinitely forever. And to me, that's what, to me, that's what non-monogamy is all about. It's, yeah. it's about this, not this. So, um, but anyway, yeah. So that's a, that's a great way of yeah, looking at it. For sure. Yeah. And I, I want to, I want to also mention that this is actually good news. Like if you say, um, okay, no, so I forgot some, forgot some, forgot some, oh, no, that's okay. <laughs> the thing is that it doesn't even matter what they do because the reason why you feel bad about it is only inside you. Right. 
Yeah. So that's the other thing. That's why they, it's important for them to understand why it's a problem for them. And, and that's, the, that's good news because they have all the power to change that. Right. They don't even have to control the other person in order to feel better. Right. It's the narrative that we create inside of our own heads. Yes. Right. And so the thing is that these, this narrative is usually very um, persistent. Mm-hmm. It's not just going to go away. So that's also where I help them like always realize it over and over again, like, okay, in different situations, okay, there it goes again and find out where's it coming from. What is the real root cause? Because if you, if you can fix that, if you can heal, if there's like a trauma involved, for example, you can heal that, then it's not going to play out anymore. And um, ultimately it's a decision that the person makes. Like, do I want to think that way? Is that what I want to do? Or like, and, and is that how I want to behave? Right. Is this the person that I want to be? Right. Yes. That's, that's a, that's, that's something we've, (laughs) we've heard that a few times. Yes. (laughs) I might've said that a few times, even like uh, to about myself, you know, like I, is this what I want to do? Is this how I want to (laughs) be? Sorry. I don't mean to to call you out. I apologize. (laughs) It's, uh, it is a thing. Um, and, and it, you know, it's not something that's exclusive to you only because, there's, there's been times where I have felt jealous and insecure with, um, I don't know if I've ever felt jealous or insecure with you because I just feel, I mean, like our relationship is like, you're stuck with me forever. Um, but like some of my other partners that I'm, you know, really strongly attached to when they start attaching to other people, I feel threatened. And so I, I definitely, I, I think it doesn't really matter how good you are at doing it at, at, at dealing with jealousy and all that, there are going to be times where it's going to kind of sneak up on you too, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, this is for me where the connection comes in the connection part, because that's what I help my clients also build. It's like this, this bond with each other where they're like so sure that it got, no matter what happens, this, what they have between each other is so strong and so important that it's not going to be affected. That's an interesting, that's an interesting thing there then. So would you say you deal more with uh, couples than you do with solo people? Both, both. Yeah. But I love, I like working with couples more. Yeah. Because, it, and, and you can totally change the narrative of or like your whole relationship by just working with one person, a hundred percent. But if both do the work, magic happens. That's what I always right. think. Oh man. I like it. (laughs) So, I mean, tell me what, uh, tell me, let's say, let's say I were to uh, book a a session with you or Mm -hmm. is it, is it usually a single session or is it a series of sessions? Do you have like a program? What does that look like? Yeah, no, it's not a single session because I mean, one session could maybe be enough for me to have an idea of what's going on for you. Right. But it's not going to be enough to do the whole process of like you changing um, the way you think right. on the long run, because the idea of coaching is also that when I'm, when we're finished, like when our coaching is finished, then you are not, you don't need any assistance anymore. You're not going to be dependent on me. You're going to be able to like do everything on your own in the future if new situations come up. So um, I've actually recently changed my offer to like a, a longer offer because I really believe that it takes a while and that for sustainable change, um, I would say, I would say to work at least six months. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because 
there's like different phases. The, the first phase is really that you realize what's going on. First, I have to figure it out. <laughs> and then I have to show you so that you also understand, okay, um, this is really happening because many, oft, oftentimes you show, you tell people, hey, this is what you're telling me, but they will argue. They will argue for their pain for a while until they realize it. <laughs> so this takes a while, right? Okay. And, um, and then you, you gradually start like working on like changing it. And then there's like situations that happen, right? So every new situation is like a new opportunity to practice the new thought or to like bring up more old stories. So okay. I think it really takes a while to, um, to adapt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or like to, or to like, to, to like change your thinking yeah. um, right. in a sustainable way so that it stays. So before I was working with people in a long, like I did like six, seven, six or eight weeks. And I had noticed that that wasn't long enough because yeah, after the time, after the eight weeks, I was like, not sure that they would stay where they are. <laughs> right. right. Well, I mean, human beings are creatures of habit anyway. So yeah. there's a lot of reprogramming that's involved as we have also, yep. and you have as to, we've also you discovered. You have to work really hard at, at refocusing and redirecting what you're feeling and figuring out what that is. Yeah. And, and but I would, sorry. Yeah. I was going to say in practice. Like right. You, yeah. You have, and you have to have practice at it. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, I think to, to me also the practicing is a big, a big, um, like part of it I, I sometimes I see myself as an assistant that just goes along with them like hold their hand as they're like <laughs> you know taking their first steps towards a new life right and um yeah so so I, of course I could stop holding the hand earlier right and sometimes it works but sometimes I just it doesn't sure. yeah and it also it, for me it, to me it also depends on where the person starts out what yeah. does that mean like I mean if if they're really super super deep in the jealousy for example and they and they are arguing for, if they argue for their pain and their problem for like a month then of course it's gonna take longer right until right. like if, if they if they in the first session they're like oh my god i didn't see that i was doing this then of course that's that's gonna be faster so it's really right. it's a little bit I, I would say it's um depends a bit yeah I, I'm, I'm also more flexible depending on the person. Would you say that um, the majority of your work is virtual? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but um, so I usually do Zoom calls with my clients. Okay. And um, yeah, that's the majority of my work. But um, I'm very much open to working in person with people if they're geographically close, because I think I would, I would like that better. And I can also see how that um, is more beneficial for the client when, when there's like really also connection between the coach and the client then, right? right. I mean, there's connection um, virtually, but it's a little bit different when you're like really sitting in front of each other. So I would like to do that. Um, but of course, right now with the pandemics, <laughs> right. that's not happening. Right. Right. So um, in the future, yeah. And then how frequently are, are, are your sessions set up? Mm -hmm. I um, usually do one per week. One per, once per week. Yeah. And if I have, if I'm working with a couple, then at the beginning I have, um, I have them together sometimes, but then, so, but then I will also separate them and have like, you know, separate sessions with each of them. And then I might have two a week, like one with each. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so there is a little bit of individual practice as well. Yeah. And, that's important. Communication. Yeah. 
Yeah, because if you talk to a couple together, they are not going to tell you the same things. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. true. <laughs> you'll, you'll hear the you'll hear the the different stories um, depending on you know whether they're with their couple or with their partner or not. Like yeah. they'll share things with you probably more openly one on one than they would. You know, she she would probably more openly share her pain and her struggles if I wasn't there than she's with it. She'll, yeah. she'll be filtered if I'm there, right? Absolutely. And I mean, that's also, um, and I'm coming back to my connection. I really love this. This is really my, <laughs> because, yeah, that's really my core. Like, I, okay, jealousy is my core topic, but I always think the opposite is connection. And the problem is connection for me, the perfect, it's like the perfect state of enlightenment, <laughs> the perfect state of connection would be that you're hundred percent able to be who you are and to share everything. And you're not scared to tell your partner anything, but most people are not there, <laughs> especially not right. when they're starting out. Right. Right. Yeah. And I need to know what's going on for them. Otherwise I can't help them. I need to know what is the truth. Like really what's really your problem. Not what you think I want to hear or what you think your partner wants to hear, but what is what is happening inside you when you see this, when you see your partner texting with this other person? Right. What exactly is it? And I need or to know when, that. Or when they're super giddy about their new person that they have in their life. And yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, right. overflowing with NRE. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, but what do you, what are you making that mean? <laughs> and I need to know what it is, not not what you think your partner wants to hear. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, excellent. So, how would people get in touch with you to set up a session? If they want to set up a session directly or like a like a consult, then they yeah. can go to my website. Um, that is thejealousycoach.com. Um, okay. but. Yeah, I'm very happy to just connect um, on Instagram or Facebook, for example. I'm both um, the Jealousy Coach um, on both on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. They can find me there um, under my name, Martina Booth, or um, the Jealousy Coach as well. Okay. Yeah, and they can just message me. I, I'm I'm a person. <laughs> they don't have to. They don't always have to book a, a consultation call. Sometimes I even prefer when they first get in touch a little bit because, yeah, it creates a a different vibe a little bit of a personal connection yeah. kind of a yeah thing. yeah excellent for sure well we'll make sure that we get all those all links, that stuff will be all the in links our in the descriptions and all that kind of stuff so the people will be able to find you awesome um <laughs> anyway i i think i think that's it unless you have any other questions for her um i don't think i have any more questions i we've touched on a lot of awesome stuff and it's been great and did you yeah. have anything else you wanted to share I had so many things I, I could say, but <laughs> that would take a while. So I think let's wrap it up. Yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe we'll maybe we'll have you back for another jealousy conversation. You know that kind of a thing. I'm sure it'll be something that we will probably bring up fairly regularly here. So. Probably. Yeah. It <laughs> has been super great talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on to our show. Yes, thank you thanks. so much. We really appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> you bet. So if we're gonna end this now, that guess what that means? It's time for more love from the loves. Mwah. Bye everybody. Thank you for listening to the ENM Talk Podcast Show with Michael and Ellie. If you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to rate and comment on our show in whatever platform you're using. You can leave us a voice message by visiting our podcast at anchor.fm 
forward slash ENM Talk Podcast or by calling us at 360-524-3523. Until next time, we hope your adventures always have happy endings. <laughs>